we look at that 14 days until it's football time in Tennessee and we sit here at the two week to go mark and man there's so many questions that still have to be answered when it comes to the 2023 Tennessee football team hey good Saturday afternoon Tyler Ivins with you here and we'll be with you for the next 30 minutes or less what you need to know about Tennessee and how we get you caught up after yet again another strong week of fall camp heading into that September the 2nd matchup between the Volunteers and Virginia. Of course, it is a mailbag Saturday, and clearly a lot of you guys are starting to get in via the text right now as well. Look, you can find us, hit the DMs, whether it's myself, whether it's Noah, Tyler, Ryan, Dale, so many of us are out there here on the Rivals page making sure we keep you up to date. Feet in the facility, as I like to say, when it comes to Tennessee football. Hey, for a lot of us, $9.99 means a cup of coffee. Perhaps maybe it's the next means to getting to what we need to do for the next day. But if you need coverage, sometimes our heartbeat just goes on how the Tennessee football program goes. If what you need is insider, what you need is the sources, the Tennessee, they can have that uh, through the the rival site, better said. I'm telling you. Look, think about it. I mean, how much do you spend on a cup of coffee? How much are you spending on just getting a quick bite to eat? Those little, you think you're saving money when you go through the drive-thru? Come on. No, $9.99 a month, not a day, not a week. Come on. A cup of coffee costs you that a day, and you can get 30 days, sometimes 31 days access to all things Tennessee sports. You're going to want it now as the volunteers. They look for the encore after last year's 11-2 and finish. Tennessee, Virginia, that still sits as a 28-point spread, but We'll focus more on not just what's happening September the 2nd. We're focusing more on what's happening all throughout the year. The questions in fall camp that have us going. Do we have an answer to that just yet? Mailbag messages, of course, you can always get those in uh, at Tyler Ivins. A lot of you guys have been chirping at me. When are you going to read my question on the chatter? When are you going to answer? When are you going to? Okay, here it is. Let's see how many we enough time. Why am I even talking still? Let's just go ahead and fire away as many questions as possible. Let's see if we can get those. I'm just going to randomly pick one. Okay, go. Go. Uh, Has Jalen Wright passed Jabari Small on the depth chart? Chris asks that. You know, Chris, it's funny that that question, and Chris, you've been reaching out to me for the last two weeks, and it's funny that we get to your question right the day after not only Jerry Mack, but also Jalen and Jabari went to the podium yesterday at the facility for Tennessee football. I would say right now doesn't matter who's passed who on the depth chart because these guys are both going to get equal share reps when Virginia, when Austin P, when Florida, UTSA. That's early in the schedule when they all show up on the schedule in September. If there has to be an answer to this question, I believe the answer is, in fact, yes. I think that Jabari Small, who can be a little bit of a liability when it comes to his health for this Tennessee football team, has taken at least a step back at the time for Jalen Wright, who his versatility as a whole, look, I don't have to sell you a product that you're already buying. Everybody knows what Jabari Small can do on a football field. And on top of that, I think Jabari Small also gives Tennessee an opportunity to see also what they have in Dylan Sampson as well. They all three have a certain kind of change of pace to the game that they want to play. Jalen Wright, who is a little bit more elusive. He's very, very sound out of the backfield when it comes to playmaking as well as catching. Jabari small look, and the guy is just kind of a bowling ball. The guy's just kind of a monster that he likes to move the line of scrimmage and be able to get short yard gains when he needs to. Dylan Sampson, though, is a name that wasn't brought up in this conversation, and I think that he's the one that you might want to attach a tag to to kind of see 
where the future holds for Dylan Sampson. Look, I've been doing this a long time. I'm a guy who who does, the, for the most part, steps out of the way and lets everybody else break news. I'm not the breaking news guy on our show here locally on WNML. I'm not a breaking news guy here on Checkerboard Chatter. There are things that come across my table that I sit on and wait to see it come to fruition. But this isn't breaking news. This isn't something that a lot of people are going to go, oh, I didn't know that when I hear that. This is just more me re-emphasizing what you may already know. Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, those are great players for the University of Tennessee. The Tennessee football staff, L-O-V-E, with like 19 O's, love Dylan Sampson. Take that for what it is. You can digest that however you want. But for anybody who's wondering, well, Jalen Wright can provide this, and a Jabari Small can provide don't be surprised if we're having the same question at year's end or fall camp 2024 and Dylan Sampson and Jalen Ryder, Dylan Sampson and fill in the blank running back. Those become the answer to a big question of who starts getting running back reps one. As much as we're going to see the production that both Jalen and Jabari are going to have for Tennessee football this year, the massive question is how long does it take for Dylan Sampson to wedge in the middle between the both of those and really start disrupting things at the University of Tennessee. You could really make the argument, you could really have the discussion that Tennessee's running back room might be the strongest out of the entire facility at the University of Tennessee. You could. Now, look, I know Deshaun Bishop, the Carnes product, local kid here in Knoxville, he got a little bit of a nick that's going to have him miss multiple months. But Tennessee's running back room, they can throw many different looks at you and you call it thunder and lightning give it some kind of cliche name that you want i'm not going that route i just know it's good football and with these guys not only do they not just bring good football but what they bring is an offensive line that's got a lot of depth in it as well i'm surprised that we haven't gotten to a any type of form of depth or cooper mays question maybe it's somewhere here in the mailbag but right now, you have to assume taking Josh Heupel at his word. In fact, that Cooper Mays is going to be healthy for that matchup in 14 days against Virginia. And if this Tennessee team is, in fact, healthy on the offensive line, those two gentlemen, as well as a Dylan Sampson, they're going to have a monster season at the University of Tennessee. So great question right out of the gate. I think that it's going to be right, small, Sampson, and then I think you got to start splitting hairs by the halfway mark of the back half of the football season. All right, let's get to the next one. Uh, Jason, who are the starting cornerbacks going? Okay, this Jason. All right, bravo. Bravo. Um, man, if that's not the $64,000 question right now, you have 17 players who are scholarship. Uh, or I should say half scholarships that are on the roster here for the secondary at the University of Tennessee. Trying to figure out who exactly those answers are right now, that might be a little difficult to be able to pull off. I think right now, an obvious answer is one of Kamal Haddon. Now, you hear me say that, and I think a lot of people just went, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I thought you were going to say. Well, at times last year when Tennessee's secondary was being ranked fourth to the last, to the back, in all of college football, if you look the route of Kamal Haddon, there's a good chance he was doing more of this than he was actually swatting balls, adding protection, 
Jam- Kamal Hatton was having an absolute just devil of a time trying to slow down offenses in October and November in the Southeastern Conference, was he not? Look, we took countless phone calls last year during our show locally here talking about, hey, if, if Kamal Hatton's going to do nothing but just start yak more, if Kamal Hatton isn't going to start playing sound defense, what's he doing on the football field? But at the same time we were seeing this and hearing this, we were also hearing and seeing how Kamal Haddon was, in fact, the most talented player that the team had in the secondary. Willie Martinez didn't completely come out and say, hey, Kamal Haddon's the best guy we got. But if you go back and you look at the different appearances Willie Martinez has had with us, when we've chatted one-on-one with him or we've chatted with him in a group setting, Willie Martinez has all but hinted that Kamal Haddon has had a lot of growth this offseason. You know, last year it was, did Warren Burrell learn from some of the late late season mistakes? Warren Burrell's season was cut short in the back of the end zone at Pittsburgh last year, and now people are wondering, in fact, is Warren Burrell going to have a resurgence? The same thing is being told about Kamal Haddon this year. Kamal Haddon, again, he is a guy who, the South Carolina game was just an absolute just a bad spot. We'll just say that. It was an absolute bad spot that he was in. But I think that Kamal Haddon is going to be given an opportunity to get that to put that behind him and be able to get a second chance in this secondary. The other name I don't think should come as a surprise, and I think that that's more up for grabs and perhaps maybe a lot of coaches or insiders would allude to. At this point in time, Jason, I'm going to believe that Gabe Judy Lawley is going to end up being the other part. Now, here's the difficult part about that. Gabe Judy Lawley, for the last couple of practices, has been sporting a red non-contact jersey. So is Gabe Judy Lawley losing reps right now because of some stubborn injury or hiccup that he continues to uh, he continues to hold up his progression here this fall? Remember, Gabe Judy Lawley, his path to getting him back to Tennessee, it's one that I think a lot of people would like to be able to say that they took. Now, sure, somebody would love to be able to be recruited, and they'd love to be able to stick around with one program, grow, and then get their reps, and then graduate and maybe go to the next level. That hasn't been the case for Gabe Judy Lolly. Remember, his career took him to Vanderbilt. He was in the secondary in Nashville. He then leaves for BYU. And last year with Kalani Sataki's defense, you go back and watch a little bit of film, Gabe Judy Lawley, you weren't throwing in his direction a lot, especially in games that you were trying to get back in because, well, just deflections and what he was able to do at the line of scrimmage, it made him a very versatile back. Tennessee being able to grab Gabe Judy Lawley out of the transfer portal, I thought immediately made him a question that turned into an answer for how you solve the issues with the fourth worst passing defense in college football. I believe between his experience already in the SEC, learning discipline out in Utah at BYU, him coming to the University of Tennessee answers a question that so many people wonder. Yes. Will they, in fact, be able to slow down offenses in 2023? I'm going to lean Gabe Judy Lawley for the other starting quarterback position, but then you got to start asking about Christian Charles, Warren, Bur- the aforementioned Warren Burrell, you know, Danico Slaughter. There are so many guys there that you immediately ask yourself, can they play a role now? Especially those freshmen. Remember, Tennessee did quite a bit, too, not just in the transfer portal, but also recruiting, trying to get people here in the secondary as well. So I'll lean out of the gate corners. Kamal Haddon, Gabe Judy Lawley, starting for the University of Tennessee. Next question. Uh, Junior, will 10-2 and get the balls into the playoffs this year? Ooh, Junior, that's a really good question because – well, let's go ahead and eliminate. There's, this is the last year. Remember, next year, college football moves to the 12-team playoff. 
this is the last year for the four-team playoff. Uh, you know what? I I believe that Georgia is going to go undefeated this year. I think that they get the best of the Vols when they come to Knoxville in November. But you know what? Let's say they go 11-1. All right? Let's say the Vols beat them. Tennessee in the East. Then you get into the Harry situation. Does, in fact, Tennessee beat Georgia, go to the SEC Championship out of the East, and then they, let's say they lose to an Alabama, or they let's say they lose to an LSU. How many losses keeps Tennessee out of the college football playoff? Um, no. I'll say no. For Tennessee, if they go 10 and 2 this year, I assume that the Vols will have lost to Alabama and Georgia. Let's say they lose to Georgia and somebody they shouldn't lose to, like Kentucky or South Carolina. We'll just say that. I think that the Big Ten is in position this year that they're going to get two teams in again. And I think it's going to be Ohio State and Michigan. Whoever the loser of that game is at the end of the regular season, they can sit back. They don't have to play on uh, the first Saturday in December. They can kick back and watch one or the other go over to the East and beat up on somebody like Wisconsin and Indianapolis. Point being is this. They'll be an SEC champion. I think you're going to get two Big Ten teams. And then I think even though that there's a lot of heaviness, uh, a heavyweight and heavyweights in that the Pac-12, I think they end up cannibalizing themselves. And I think the Pac-12 ends up getting a team in. Kind of the last year before all everybody starts shaking up and moving to their new conferences, I think you're going to end up seeing an SEC team, a Pac-12 team, and both Ohio State and Michigan getting in. Call it boring. Call it snoozy. I think that Tennessee 10-2, and two, though, um, they'll get them back into the college football playoff New Year's 6. And I think that you're going to maybe see a location you haven't seen in some time. When Dennis Dodd came out with his predictions, I kind of turned my nose up to the idea of three Big Ten teams, if you haven't seen it. Dennis Dodd's predictions this year from CBS Sports were Georgia, Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. I don't see that happening, but I do see, in fact, that multiple SEC teams are playing in the New Year Six. A 10-2 record would get Tennessee. You know what? I'd sign up for Tennessee taking on a Pac-12 team in the Fiesta Bowl. Would you make that flight? Would you jump? I hear there's a super cheap airline that's offering tickets out of Knoxville, McGee Tyson Airport that would be able to jump you a flight from Knoxville to the Phoenix Glendale area. I love warm weather, so I'm I'm here for all things that are Phoenix or Glendale. What are they calling it now these days? Just where the Cardinals play, State Farm Arena? I hear it's quite hot out there now these days. Mailbag time here on the Checkerboard Chatter. My name is Tyler Rivens. Remember, for just $9.99 a month, you can get all things Tennessee Rivals, especially when it comes to what you need preseason, middle, and end of the season. Continuing with the mailbag, can Brew McCoy be the next Jalen Hyatt? John. Uh, simply put, no. But, John, does Brew McCoy need to be Jalen Hyatt? Um, I think that Brew McCoy and Jalen Hyatt are two completely different players. I get your question. I believe your question is essentially saying, can Brew McCoy win the Bolitnikoff Award this year? He can, yes. Likely, no. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the second best player in all of college football, only behind Caleb Williams at USC. And I think you're going to see that this year. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to put on a clinic this year in Columbus. I think that he is going to be the slam dunk runaway favorite for the Bolitnikoff Award. And I think that you're going to see Marvin Harrison Jr. probably be the number two pick behind Caleb Williams. And based on how the draft picks shaked out last year, trades during the 23 draft, there's a very good chance that they could be teammates after it's all said and done. Go look at the draft. Go look at the order. 
Yeah. Good chance Williams and Harrison are on the same team at the end of uh, the draft next year. Brew McCoy is not going to win the Blitnikoff this year. Can Brew McCoy be the number one target that Jalen Hyatt was last year for the University of Tennessee? Sure. But their games are just so different. They're just so different. Here's why. You've got Jalen Hyatt, who's got 24-mile-per-hour speed, is making headlines about how he's running faster than Tyree Kill. And you, you've, you, you've got Jalen Hyatt, who has got the first step at the line of scrimmage, who can just turn people upside down and put them in a, in a, in a just a, a back a psycho straitjacket. We'll just say that. Brew McCoy, even though he has a touch of speed at the line of scrimmage, his physicality just makes his game so much more lethal. Here's what I mean by that. Do I need to remind you the catch that was made by Brew McCoy to set up the game-winning field goal and the win against Alabama? I mean, Hendon Hooker, not sweating it, staying in the pocket, and watching Brew McCoy take those two big bare hands, wrap that in, draw it down, set up Chase McGrath's game winner, the strength that he has from fingertips to elbow that he has from shoulders to his back to be able to rip down anything that's ahead of him, man, 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 man. If that's just not impressive. And, and I think that brew McCoy this year is going to have to understand that in a year where Cedric Tillman was injured. So somebody had to emerge and we started seeing the new role that was played by Jalen Hyatt. I think injuries aside, there are so many different, not just personalities, but skill sets by wide receivers that I think this year you're going to be able to see that, in fact, Tennessee football doesn't need Brew McCoy to be that type of player. Jalen Hyatt was kind of the Superman that needed to emerge last year for Tennessee football to be in a perfect scenario. Brew McCoy doesn't need to be Superman. He's got Squirrel White. He's got now a... a, a He's now got a player in what many people believe is going to be Ramel Keaton's emergence. Can Dante Thornton take the best of Tyreek Hill speed, 6'4", 6'5", frame, and start hauling in a lot of these deep threats that Joe Milton has? Again, Brew McCoy, he might be wide receiver one, but he doesn't need to be the one who absolutely just starts stunning players and showing that he is in fact better than them or number one at that position. Right. So to answer your question, I think a lot of great things come from Brew McCoy. I think behind Joe Milton, he's the number two player drafted next year. And I think he's going to have himself a good NFL career, but he doesn't need to be all those things that Jalen Hyatt were last year for Tennessee football. Uh, Jeremy says, what position has the most depth on the football team? Is it the running back room? I don't want to go. I don't want to go back to where we were with Jalen Hyatt or Jalen Wright and Jabari Small in the Dylan Sampson conversation. Uh, I think that Tennessee's running back room is a strong candidate, candidate, Jeremy. And I think, you know what? I'm going to take Glenn Ellerby at his word. And I'm going to say that the offensive line as well is probably the strongest unit right now with the most depth at the university of Tennessee. We're seeing that right now with Cooper Mays and uh, you know what? I'm, 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 I hate spoiling it. I hate spoiling it, but I know that the mailbag coming up, there's going to be a Cooper Mays question. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to save the depth and center talk for the next question. Cause I know it's coming. I know magicians usually don't tell you how the magic trick works, but from left to right, what can Javante Spragans do? Many who believe that Javante Spragans can actually be 
Darnell Wright 2.0. Now, I think that that is that is a very tall glass of water. But what you have at other positions like John Campbell Jr. Remember, Campbell Jr., a massive part of the transfer portal. John Campbell Jr., who said that sometimes he had to travel upwards of 40 miles outside of the Miami, Florida campus to get to a Waffle House. If you didn't hear the story, John Campbell Jr. essentially came to Tennessee because they have Waffle Houses that are right are all over the different campuses, uh, locations, many ca- locations around the campus. So John Campbell Jr. from left to right, moving moving Gerald Mincy over to the right side where J.J. Crawford right now is besting him for the right tackle position. I'd say if you didn't make me crown somebody the gold medal winner, Jeremy, I would say that number one is definitely the running back room. I'd say number two is probably the offensive lineman, number three or wide receivers. So it's all right there on the offensive side of the ball, if that makes you feel any better. So defensively, though, you got to be able to find some superstars and see whatever who all emerges from there. Uh, I knew this was coming, so I wanted to get to it a little fast so we could actually be able to continue to look one way or the other on this offensive line. Worried Vols fan. Love the name, by the way. At what point in time do I start getting concerned over the status of Cooper Mays? Um, Worried Vols fan, I'm right there with you. And um, I think the answer to the question simply is this. Be worried if, in fact, Cooper Mays does not play against Virginia. I um, I want to take this glass half full because I'm a very optimistic person. Not seeing Cooper Mays right now as he recovers from any type of procedure, and remember that's what that's what Josh Heupel referred to it as, is a, a procedure. I think getting worried about anything that you can't control right now that might be that might be a little over the top. That might be what some would say would be wasting your time. If, in fact, Josh Heupel says that they anticipate that Cooper Mays is going to be available 14 days from now in the Virginia game, then you just go from there. You just go from there and and good on him. And good on him if, in fact, that happens. All right? Now, if, in fact, Cooper Mays doesn't play against Virginia, I'm still going to ask you to hold your horses because I think you can win a football game against both Virginia and Austin P without Cooper Mays playing in that game. Uh, my concern level would then skyrocket, honestly, go through the roof, obviously, if Florida is in the if Florida's the next exit on the map, and in fact, Cooper Mays is not ready to play. Now, I also have to remind you, there is this kind of little thing called reps that you have to worry about. Dar uh Amari Thomas, we asked him, myself and my co-host in Knoxville, Will West, we asked him. What makes this team go? What makes this team offensively be able to go snap after snap? Remember, when Josh Heifel got to Tennessee, he said that he wanted to go 90 plays a game. And they're hoping that they can eclipse 90 plays a game this season. Remember, they're averaging about 84 to 86 a game. What makes it so efficient? What makes this machine continue to run? And he says it's the reps that they get, the live-action reps that they're taking right now during camp. There's none of this. We're going to start speeding things up seven, 10 days before kickoff. They are running people, getting them completely adjusted during the offseason, months in advance, weeks in advance to the opener. So if Cooper Mays, in fact, had to take a back seat for four weeks, is he going to be caught up? 
is his engine going to be ready to be able to go with the offensive line taking snaps time after time and get this offense running? When I first heard the news, my concern level, worried Vols fan, was through... Ah, no, 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 let me pull that back. It wasn't through the roof. It was probably about a 7 or an 8 out of 10. And I've said this, if you've watched this program time after time, or if you have listened to the local show here in Knoxville on The Animal, you know that I believe that Cooper Mays is the second most important piece to Tennessee football's success, only behind Joe Milton. If Tennessee doesn't have Joe Milton this year, they're going to have concerns. If Tennessee doesn't have Cooper Mays this year, there's going to be some massive concerns, in my opinion. And we're already starting to hear that already. As Glenn Ellerby was talking to the media, it was Monday of last week, and he said, listen, we're having difficulties right now getting the snap to the quarterback. Without Cooper Mays, you're going to have to rely on Ollie Lane. You're going to have to rely on Parker Ball, Dane Davis. That goes back to the depth of the last question that I just asked, but you'd rather see that depth if you need it, maybe come up at the tackle position or maybe come up at the guard position. I need to see Ollie Lane at a guard position, not at a center position. I'd like to see the starting offensive line, as you should as well, left tackle, John Campbell Jr., left guard, Cooper Mays, center, excuse me, left guard, Ollie Lane, center, Cooper Mays, right guard, Javonta Spragans, and then right tackle, Whoever wins the contest between Mincy and Crawford, I would lean Mincy just because he had the experience last year. But if Crawford right now is earning those reps, then you know what? Good on him. Keep moving forward. In long form, to answer your question, don't get worried yet. But finger on the pulse, and let's see how this actually turns out because for a lot of people, I I believe, and I, I totally understand why there is some type of uh, – how much concern there could be right now for this Tennessee football team. We'll just say that you hear how I'm, I'm, I'm a wordsmith. Do you hear me tripping over my words? I'm essentially telling you to calm down, not be worried, but I may or may not be behind this mask. Also a little worried about how all these high marks, how, how all this regard for Tennessee football could quickly be flushed down the toilet. If in fact, they don't have an answer for Cooper Mays. So, yeah, testing the depth early in camp, that's great, fantastic, awesome. But you'd rather not have to test or do any of that type of thing when it comes to figuring out your depth, especially at the center position. We'll just leave it at that. Is that all of them? Did we squeeze all the questions in? I know we had more, but at the same time, we got to make sure that we keep it under the 30-minute mark. We're all very busy people, and we all are just, you know what? done talking about practice we're done talking about all things that are what does the preseason look like aren't you just ready for football aren't you just ready for what's going to happen 14 days from now when the Vols and Cavaliers get together at Nissan Stadium there that Saturday September the 2nd oh man I know I am I know I'm ready to see Tennessee football and I know a lot of people are ready to see the clash. My name is Tyler Ivins. Let me remind you just how hard the individuals here at the Vol Report and Tennessee Rivals page are working for you. Ryan, Dale, Noah, Tyler. I, we're hiring so many people, I don't even know their names anymore. I have to look at the yearbook. The Tennessee Rivals, Tennessee Report page. How many different? I'll sign their yearbook at the end of the year. 
They have feet in the facility. If you need breaking news and the latest when it comes to injury reports like Cooper Mays or the position battles that are happening in the secondary wide receiver on the offensive line, $9.99 a month gets you everything that you need from Tennessee, from the Hill. Look, you could follow other people who are not even in the city or in the vicinity. They're hundreds of miles away, and they read other people's reports and go, here's what I'm seeing. Or there are people who are actually at practice every day. Or there are the people out there who are working hard to bring you the actual, factual Tennessee news that you need. And we're bringing that to you here on the Tennessee Rival page. My name is Tyler Ivins. Again, next week, we'll be within a week of Tennessee football. Have those position battles been shored up? What is the latest on Cooper Mays? And has Joe Milton actually been able to tighten down the bolts on a lot of the issues that he's had so far early in camp? We'll have those answers for you right here on the Checkerboard Chatter.